Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. And I want to give a very warm welcome to Philip Axar. Phil is the founder and CEO of Arca, which helps businesses be able to ship products in branded and unbranded sustainable packaging. With 16 years of experience in packaging and supply chain logistics, Phil and his team have helped over 2,000 clients in 950 cities worldwide upgrade their unboxing experiences and wow their customers. With a degree in industrial engineering and as a graduate of both Y Combinator and 500 startups, Phil has brought his core competency in packaging to the biggest companies of businesses just getting their start. Today, Phil and I are going to be chatting about how B2B organizations can better brand themselves and what the typical challenges to overcome are. We're going to learn what works from Phil's perspective, what should be avoided, and how some businesses just miss the mark. Phil, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Stacey. Well, what I'd love to do always is start off with, how did you get here today? I bet you never thought when you were in college that you were going to be no. creating box masterpieces for companies around the world. Totally. Uh, true. Very true. Yeah, no, during college and right after college, started in the corporate world, worked at Boeing. Packaging was a bit of a, bit of a bottleneck as an IE at the company, but I didn't I didn't think much of it. I just thought, okay, I work at a huge company. Everything's going to move slowly. Fast forward, I worked for a smaller uh, Y Combinator-backed startup company called iCracked. They did iOS buyback and repair. So someone would show up to a Starbucks and fix your iPhone and dealt with packaging there as well. And and it, I had no red tape there. Like the, the founder still is one of my best friends. Uh, we went to college together. So I could do whatever I wanted to speed things up, but it, just so happened that the industry itself is still super old school because our biggest competitor is still uh, this guy. Uline. That is Uline. Yep. As I'm yep. starting to see you pick up and it's blurring in the background coming in, Uline, it's, it's a go-to for our agency too. When we've looked at things, we've looked there until we found you. Yep. Awesome. Appreciate that. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's kind of, it's just an old school industry, fairly common for for folks to just like flip through a catalog pick up the phone order more boxes whereas with us we have an online online platform where you can just design your package uh brand it with a logo and and check out fairly simply you can do as few as like one box it's it's talking to other entrepreneurs as a part of our job it's talking to other entrepreneurs and, and that's honestly what makes it fun versus just uh you know 70 percent of the orders that come through are a box so it's a box boxes after boxes after boxes with people's branding and design, that's when things get interesting. Talking to the CEOs, founders, marketers, ops people, things get even more interesting there because we're talking to other business owners. Like as a B2B platform, it, it's rare, like one in a thousand uh, would be someone buying, let's say five boxes for for like Christmas gifts for their family. Uh, it's mostly people who look at Shopify, selling products online, a direct consumer business, someone moving from retail to omni-channel presence and, and wanting to do an e-com presence, they they come to us and that's that's where we can help them out. And so when people come to you and they say, I need boxes, uh, mm -hmm. are they usually, you you know, you said five, are they looking for five? Or are they looking for 50,000? Mm -hmm. Great question. Honestly, it's, it's um, our, our average order value is like someone will come to us and they'll, they'll spend either a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars in packaging. 
when they want to when they want to buy the bigger the bigger volumes, they they get the white glove treatment from us. Absolutely. But the fact of the matter is like over over 90% of e-com does less than than five million a year in bookings. 70% of e-com does less than uh one million a year in bookings. So mostly it's SMBs, small, medium sized businesses that come to work with us and they'll be able to just check out through the site. They don't even need to message us and say, I need boxes, but we, we sure will uh, guide them through the process. We try to make it as easy as possible. So the websites self-checkout the same way you would buy something off Amazon. And for all of our listeners, so Phil and I contacted each other actually a couple of years ago when we first started talking. And mm-hmm. I remembered Phil when we had a need for an influencer marketing program where we needed to send out to about 90 different influencers a product from one of our clients. And we could have done it just in a general box, right? And that's like the go-to. But with influencers, when you're working with them, every moment counts. And if you can actually get something that's branded and into their hands, it ends up on camera most of the time because it's part of their unboxing. It's part of their experience. It's part of something that is fun. And so our team is able to put together some different graphics. They worked with Phil's team and really in a remarkably short period of time of less than a week, we actually had those 90 boxes in print and being created and sent out to us. And, and I will say that our team, before I remembered that I'd had a conversation with Phil a couple of years ago, our team had done a lot of research and had a lot of conversations. And most of the boxing companies out there seem to outsource. So they'll actually, and I could be wrong and Phil can correct me, but most of them seem to help you with the design, help you with the purchase, but then someone else actually prints and makes those boxes and there's weeks delays that get added on. Is that kind of accurate? Yeah, absolutely. And even the funny thing is uh, due due to a lack of technological capability, most suppliers, even if you did go direct, are still going to take weeks because depending on what you want, and in your case, 90 boxes, good luck. Like they're, they're dealing with one lighthouse account per location. For example, we used to send packaging to a supplier partner who had Cliff Bar as a client. And that's really all they cared about. Like everything else was was secondary. So if you said, I need these boxes ASAP, you pay for them. Here's my drop dead ETA that I need these by. They agree to it. Everything seems fine. But if Cliff Bar comes in and says, I have an emergency, you are immediately deprioritized. Whereas there's no real deprioritization or off-balance queuing system that we do here. It's just first come, first served. You place your order, it goes into the queue, it gets batched, it gets sent off for production, and then you'll get it, like you had mentioned with your experience, a week later. Depending on when this gets released, I I want to emphasize that today is October 17th, and we have Black Friday, Cyber Monday coming up. So even, even if it seems like it's going to get turned around in a week, things do get busy. And I just wanted as a side comment to say, give yourself more time than you think you need, because you might go back and make changes. We might have too many orders coming through, like whatever the case might be, just give yourself extra time because busy season tends to slow things down. But if you're going to direct to a supplier that's also working busy season, they might turn you away altogether, especially if it's less than, let's say 5,000 or in some cases, 25,000 boxes that you want, they'll just say no. 
Well, let's talk about boxes as a branding mechanism for brands, because sure. you know obviously there's a lot of brands besides influencer marketing, which is fantastic and a good use casage of why a brand might want to do something fun and customized and Absolutely. super photo friendly. But getting something in the mail, you know, we all get Amazon boxes on a, some of us get on a daily basis, multiple times a day sometimes. Um, mm. And those brown boxes that come in, they're plain, you know what they are, but they're very, yeah. very simple. And on occasion, I've seen Amazon brand and promote a movie or a partnership um, and so that there's some sort yeah. of collateral on it. But most of the time you're looking at those brown boxes. And when you're a company and you're sending just generic brown boxes, you're kind of losing the moment, aren't you? Totally. I mean, it, it depends on what you want your outcome to be. If you want someone to buy your product and not to, not to I guess, uh, objectify the, the relationship of what you want with your customer, but not to make it sound too scandalous, but like if all you're looking for is a one night stand with your customer, send them a brown box and they'll, I they'll love take it. it. One night stands, brand boxes. That's great. But, but right. Like that's it. Like an unbranded box is, is, yeah. is a, is a one night is the one night stand of uh, marketing to, to your clients. Cause all it is, is, well, they bought it. Well, you had the experience with them, but that's it. It's over. Yeah. Um, whereas if you have something branded, you're, you're reaching out to your customer, you're showing, the ethos of what your brand is, you're trying to establish a relationship and you want that to grow because the most important thing about growth is retention. Meaning they come back and they want to work with you again. So consider it a marketing expense. If I could, if I could have people listening, walk away with any understanding of what we're talking about today is you need to consider your package as a marketing spend. It's, it's a billboard. It's your billboard. Uh, it's your in-store experience. It's your everything, right? It's all, it's all happening in that package. And guess what? It has a 100% open rate. Not many things that you send to your customer will, will have that. So consider it as such, invest in it as such. You'll see the dividends. You'll see people actually wanting to share your, your product and the package that it came with. It's all, it's all part of the same experience. And I know, you know, for years now, people say unboxing experience, unboxing experience. Yes, that's great. But most importantly, like, what are you what are you saying to your customer and how are you how are you considering this a marketing spend the same way that you're doing it with your ads or with any other outreach material you need to put that same amount of focus if not more into the package because again 100% hit rate and when we're talking about branding a box we're not just talking about popping your logo on the front like the boxes we've mm -hmm. worked with you on literally every surface had a color or a design from the bottom right. to the inside you know and I'm pretty sure that the people who got those boxes, we did a really killer job in designing them. They were very, very cute. Those are the types yeah. of boxes someone's going to put in their closet and keep something sure. in because yeah. it's cute. And it's something that's going to have a longer life versus just getting the box and throwing it out. Totally. Uh, as you say that, I'm guilty of having a handful of different branded box styles that I was just a big fan of, of customers making. And you know, we like pulled one off the line. Granted, we made it ourselves. Customers who are listening, we didn't. We don't pull your boxes that you pay for. We'll just use the design. And like, for example, I I have like my watches and a passport in one, and it's it's something that's like a fun reminder of what businesses that work with us uh, leverage their imagination to make. And if if you if you are unbound by what you can imagine, you'll make something that you want to keep, just like you said. So so that's awesome, and I'm I'm happy to be a part of that.
What are some of the mistakes people make when they go in to work with you graphically? I'm sure there's lots of general, okay, the graphics aren't of a high enough resolution, that type of thing. But what That's do the people worst. kind of screw up? Yeah, um, I'll be I'll be honest. Sometimes people come to us a bit a bit early. They haven't refined their brand yet, and as a result, they do like a huge run of boxes before, let's say, ordering a sample. And I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, skipping sampling is one of the biggest mistakes we see merchants and brands do. If you're able to, if you're able to get a sample in advance of your full run, you're going to be able to get the package in your hand. You're going to be able to experience what it's like having that specific type of branding. You could even test run a shipment, send it to yourself, send it to a friend, see how it turns out. Does it come? Does it show up with scuff marks? Does it show up with anything faded? Like, should we move the design off of the corners and onto the face because it's going to get banged around a lot less. Like what's going on? And guys, it's $20 to get like a fully branded sample. And we give you a refund when you do the full run. So it's not like this is, this is me trying to evangelize some sort of like money-making component to our business. You don't have a scam of $20 to make your $20. No. And we don't make money. We lose money on samples sure. by the way even even before the refund even if if it was just the sample we keep the 20 it guys like operating costs of getting your sample through the door is a lot more than 20 bucks it, and the only reason why we don't hours in time ex exactly exactly yeah. right like the overhead is more expensive but but we do this as an offering to for merchants to succeed because if they like not to be cheesy on the your success is our success but it's real like if you guys are doing well you're only going to come back and spend more on boxes great it's a very similar relationship with that respect. So biggest mistake that y'all can avoid, come in, get a sample. It doesn't have to be perfect. The whole point is that it's a draft. Like it's a rough draft. You don't, uh, to take it back to the industry y'all are in, you don't just write something and throw it up on the screen. It's a rough draft. There are rewrites. How huge of a mistake would it be if you lived in an industry where like first write gets on the screen? Well, I'm, I'm in an industry where first brand it's shipped out the door and it's, it's sometimes insane what, what customers do. So like get it out there, make, make sure that you, you have some sort of testing or, or even if the testing is just yourself, you just have it in your hands and you're like, okay, I need to make some quick minor tweaks. Great. Like just do that. So consider it a free sample if anything, because you get your money back. So come try our free samples. That's my, that's my uh, announcement on that. It's, it's for your own good. Is there any, um, you know, approach, you know, I, as I mentioned before, we did every single side of that box, right? It was blue. It yeah. had logos. It had designs. It had poppy colors. Some were solid sure. colors. It wasn't too over the top, but is there best practices for what you should be doing? Like is at the minimum, should you just have a logo on the outside in one place? Yeah. So depending on what your product is and depending on the discretion that you want to have on the product or you're afraid. Oh, I don't do like we, we sometimes folks come to us and they say, I don't do branded packaging for my product because, you know, it gets stolen off people's porches or whatever. Um, porch pirates, as they call it. You can just do inside branding. Uh, it's still it's still going to be the uh, it's still going to give the same feeling when someone comes home or opens their door and sees that that package is outside. It's not a mystery to them unless they're like me and they order 50 things off Amazon. And they don't even know what arrives and it's like Christmas every time they open boxes. I, I tend to be guilty of that. Uh, but they know what the product is. And from there, they open it and that journey begins because they'll see the branding on the inside. So that's one. Two, there's there's very common best practices of 
Uh, first and foremost, of course, you should have your logo. If you can have your brand colors on there, absolutely. If you can have a tie back to your social media, even better. And one of my favorites, uh, the the thing that refuses to die, the QR code. <laughs> the QR code is a great idea too, because you can have that link to a YouTube video that sends like a welcome message. It could link to reposting uh, a tweet that gets you some sort of discount as a customer that the merchant, you, the merchant, uh, creates in that in that referral code in that referral code that happens through the QR. So, what whatever you want to do, I mean that that part, the the possibilities are pretty much endless, and it's not going to be more expensive to print a QR code as it would be your logo. So why not why not you know take the extra step? Uh, that's a fairly low lift that could make a huge difference. Yeah, QR codes are really interesting. They came in with, you know, a big bang and everyone's like, what are QR codes? And then, of course, we had the QR code that floated across um, the screen on the Super Bowl and and just blew up that whole world in a big way. Mm -hmm. But they're kind of nifty and neat where you can do so much and you can also re-change what they are. So if someone happened to have too many boxes with one QR code, they can on the back end still change it. You don't have to worry about changing your packaging or your call to action or anything along those lines. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then COVID, of course, everyone had it on the menu. Uh, It was a QR code. But yeah, we, we, um, we, we just ask you to experiment. It goes back to the the get a sample experiment, see what your users say, talk to them, and then make changes accordingly. And so is there anything that, you know, when it comes down to sizes of boxes, or does it matter? Like, does it matter if it's a little tiny box going through the mail or a large box? Or if you design a cute box, do you need to actually put that box inside another box? Talk about not sustainable anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, we we did a, so we did a certification with Amazon that had three fun acronyms, uh, PFP, FFP, and SIOC. And that's frustration-free packaging, prep-free packaging, and ships in its own container, SIOC. So prep-free meaning, let's say you ship glass mugs uh, through Amazon, they're going to have to prep that product and put it in in some sort of bubble wrap uh, before they can send it out the door. They're not just going to send your mugs. So that's not prep-free. Whereas with us, if you had a cardboard tray that had a cavity that fit your product uh that's prep free packaging frustration free packaging the next one that's essentially any of those hang tag plastic products that you see at the store that you take off of off of the the hooks on the wall you need like a scissor you need a pair of scissors at least uh if not a buzz saw to open that that's frust- that's not a frustration free package whereas a box uh that's simple to open and that we provide is, is easy. And then lastly, to your, to your, to your point, ships in its own container, avoid having the box inside of the box. Go, going back to that first uh, prep free, having, having a tray that holds the product, let that be the substitute for the box that would go inside of a box. Have it be a tray inside of a box instead. It ships your product safely. You can even brand those trays, by the way, like you could lift up the mug uh, and underneath the message can say, can't wait to see you tomorrow morning because it's because it's like for a cup of coffee, for example, and and following following those guidelines and making sure that there's as little air as possible being shipped is something that we're huge uh, advocates of. As a matter of fact, we have a. I know today we're we're talking more on like the Arca.com get your packaging online, but we actually have an enterprise solution that we haven't talked about yet, Stacy. That's more 
more targeted towards like the supply chain logistics world. It's 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 we sell we sell our software into warehouses to help them ship less air. And essentially all we do is take the size of their SKU or product and benchmark that against the size package that they should ship it in and make a recommendation of packaging assortments for that warehouse to carry so that when they're fulfilling, meaning picking, packing, shipping merchant products out the door, uh, it's in a package that makes sense. So I think I'm going to get a lot of listeners raise their hand when I say how many of you have received a product in the mail that was in a package that's too big, like myself included, right? Like giant Um, size um, sometimes, like literally like a three and a half foot box that has a tiny, (laughs) tiny little thing in it, which is just insanity. Totally. There's two reasons for that. One, uh, for example, this, this product, whatever this was supposed to go in, they might've just run out of that package and they didn't get more in time. So this is going to have to go in whatever they can get their hands on at the warehouse. It's going to go in something bigger though, obviously, because you can always put in something bigger. You can't put in something smaller. Um, And as a result, shipping more air. The other reason is they're not, they're not looking at their assortment. They're not auditing it on a frequent basis. Meaning how warehouses work is they'll have set sizes of boxes in stock that they just reorder and reorder and reorder and reorder. They don't really think about it. They don't think, well, what are we actually shipping? They just know these are the boxes we usually buy. Let's get some more. Whereas our software is connecting to that warehouse and constantly cycling through the SKUs or products that that warehouse is shipping on behalf of merchants. And as a result, we tweak that. We adjust that assortment. We say, well, you know, you've, you've lost Herman Miller as a customer. Herman Miller, for those of you that know, makes furniture and chairs. Big chairs. Big chairs. Uh, stop ordering those boxes. Uh, no need to ship a backpack in a huge box anymore. And if anything, that's a good example. Sometimes you might get a, uh, you know, water bottle in a box that could have fit a chair. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's really just a matter of keeping good hygiene with respect to your supply chain. And that's, that's, that's our job. So we go from the merchants, uh, the folks who want to send products to influencers all the way up to the warehouses themselves that ship on behalf of those influencers, on behalf of those merchants. And um, making sure that they ship less air is all in the name of sustainability at the end of the day. And um, just as importantly, if not more, because you can't run a business if you don't make money, uh, just as importantly, if not more, uh, you're going to spend less money on shipping because shipping a bigger box is way more expensive than a smaller one. That box is also going to be more more expensive. You're going to have less room on the back of the pallet that sends all those boxes out, which means less room on the back of the truck. So your carbon footprint as a warehouse and as a merchant goes up uh, and your customer experience will go down if you don't uh, take heed and, and, and caution the, the, the dreaded extra air shipping practices that a lot of warehouses and merchants can avoid. Um, if they had potentially talked to us or just do your own research, if you, if you don't want to have like another, another service or tech provider like us, like just make sure you have best practice, but not a lot of people do. So, um, that's where we can help. Well, I think, you know, you have your gen alpha, your gen Z, your, you know, millennials who really do care about this. And so for your, as far as your customer experience, having someone who is, abhorring the fact that you have a lack of sustainability, the carbon footprint, all of those keywords that actually people are spending a lot of money trying to figure out how to align 
very yep. simple if you just change your box size, obviously. Totally. Very simple. And and just FYI, this is something that's only, uh, at least from a cost perspective, uh, it's called dimensionalizing a product. So dimensionalizing a box um, is what like the shipping carriers only started charging through the roof for, whereas previously it was weight in the last like five to 10 years. Um, but now size, even if it's light as a feather, but it takes up a lot of space. Uh, you know, the world's not getting any smaller or any bigger rather it's, it is getting smaller. Um, we, we're, we're going to get, we're going to get charged for it. So now more than ever, is it important to ship less air? Not just from the sustainability standpoint, you're going to get charged. Don't do it. So it's one of the few great times that sustainability and capitalism are actually driving towards the same goal. And and this is one of them. So so you know, hand in hand, let's we can kick ass in this department. It's kind of nice. For consumers who have a lot of boxes, what can they yeah. do with them? Like, what is the solution? You know, if you're someone like me who has a little bit of an Amazon fanaticness to themselves, like, yeah. how do you deal with all of those boxes versus just what we do is bringing them to our office and then use them for a second life? First of all, that's great. Give, giving them another giving them another use repurposing uh what is it uh, i feel like i shouldn't know this as a as a as a advocate of sustainability recycle reuse and there's like a third r i actually don't remember but reuse is repurpose. A, yeah. repurpose which is kind of like reuse but maybe not i was gonna I say know. repurpose but they sound so similar but repurposing first and foremost do that definitely do that because then it's not the end of the life cycle um, from there, just make sure you recycle. So avoid avoid when when branding when branding your boxes. Try not to use any sort of varnish or polymer gloss. Use aqueous coating, which is a water-based gloss. We're we're getting technical now, but essentially just making sure that it can get recycled afterwards is super important. Um, avoiding using non-recyclable materials is super important. I know that compostable and and other keywords in that arena have become very popular right now. My favorite, to be honest, is actually PCR material, post-consignment recycled content, something that's 100% recycled, meaning that it is destined, it is destined to go to the landfill, unfortunately, because everything eventually does. But the good thing about PCR is that your, your customers can throw it away and it's not a mistake. Whereas if they used something compostable and they threw that away, that is more detrimental than them having used something that was 100% PCR and ready to go to landfill. Because the carbon footprint of creating something that's uh, post-consumer uh, recycled is significantly lower than a fresh compostable product that doesn't get responsibly composted, right? So with boxes, just make sure that it can end up getting recycled. With bags, uh, I would highly recommend using PCR products. Um, and that way you, you're just thinking about what does somebody do when they're, when they're done with the product and that's hopefully it gets recycled or hopefully it's a fully recycled product that ends up in landfill and, and you don't have to, you don't have to worry about instructing your customers what to do exactly. But if you do want to instruct your customers what to do, uh, going back to the QR code, uh, have it printed on your compostable material packaging that says, here's what you do with me, here are instructions on how to dispose of me. That's great too. But that requires an extra step. And if you're like most consumers, they're going to take their product and they're going to throw it away. So if you can at least make sure that it's a material that's meant to be thrown away, like PCR, 
then you're then you're doing the world and the environment a part of the you're you're a part of the greater good for sure. Uh, and I'm and I'm a big believer in that. Well, for all of our listeners, if anyone out there is a gardener, I came up with something that when we moved into our house, we had the realtor had put in grass. So it looked like we had this fantastic front yard. And within two weeks of moving in, that front yard was dead because it was just fresh grade, you know, turf laid down. There was really no strong watering system or anything else in place. And so I looked into and found this something called lasagna gardening. And I don't know, Phil, Whoa. if you've ever heard of lasagna garden, no. but it's something I'm excited that maybe to hear about favorite. it. Yes. Yeah. So I went and I found every last box I could. And what lasagna gardening is, is you open up all the boxes and you cover all of your um, grass with cardboard. And then you go and you get mulch and you put mulch on top of your cardboard. I will tell you, it gets so it, it kills off all of the grass so it doesn't come back up. So you don't have to worry about grass forever. We rewilded our front yard. And this is a decade ago, actually, about nine years ago. And it became so healthy and could grow anything. Like we started growing pumpkins and had a pumpkin patch in our front yard. We have all this passion fruit for our front yard. And it's a really vibrant garden. And it's all because of cardboard. And I'm convinced of it. Wait, that's amazing. I feel like. Well, and we're brainstorming during the show right now, but uh, I would be super interested to do a blog post with you guys. Like if we could get one of our blog writers to interview you on this, sure. if you're not too bashful to have a couple of Happy to do photos it. of it and, Perfect. you know, you can we can talk about what, to, yeah, we can say what to your, yeah. like the title could literally just be along the lines of like what to do with your boxes, not what parentheses, not what you expect, <laughs> because I would not, I would not expect to do that. Um, and then we can talk about lasagna gardening. Can we please? I'm I, serious. Like I'm actually. No, hundred percent. Absolutely. But I think it's important for, you know, listeners to know, like Phil just went over all these things that you don't want to have that are contaminants. Right. And that was something I was concerned about. Not that I was planning on actually eating what we were putting into the earth. Turns out we did with pumpkins and the like, but you yeah. know, I didn't want to put chemicals back into the earth and I was cognizant at the time. And, you know, I happened to have done a lot of Amazon shopping. So I had some very plain brown boxes that I was working with at the um, moment, but it really was cool. And it is, I'm sure there's other things out there that you can do also that are going to be, you know, supportive of sustainability. I love that. Like, I think that's, I think that's so great. Wow. We could, sorry, now my head just keeps going. Like there could be a picture, (laughs) picture, picture of a pumpkin and there's like a word bubble coming out of it saying like, I, I, like, I grew out of boxes. I grew out of your boxes that you threw away. Yeah. Like, that's so cool. I really, well, really like that. Your next step, Phil, is you need to embed seeds into your boxes, and then you can have the whole garden blooming. Amazing. I would I would actually love to do that. We've, we've been asked um, about that previously. You know, the only, you know, the only problem with that is if there's any, if there's any rain, because of the, I would assume the type that you start sprouting your boxes. It could sprout. It'll it'll essentially turn to mulch. That's the only bad part. It needs yeah. to be like dry, arid. Maybe like within Arizona, we would only create those right. boxes and have them ship within uh, desert, arid climates. Um, whereas humidity, I, I live in Austin, Texas. Uh, it'll it'll the box will be ruined. You'll you'll have like It'd a pot humid. of. You put it. You deliver the box. It would sit outside in a moment. It would start melting. The sun would come out. It would start baking again. Get hard again. <laughs> Moisture would come in. Yes, I could see that. <laughs> Yeah, that's the only problem. Otherwise, that's a great idea. That's awesome. 
So cool. how can our listeners find you? Where do they need to go? Yeah, um, very easy. We have a four-letter domain, very proud. Uh, A-R-K-A.com, so arca.com. And um, for any questions, uh, we have a chat function, but but it, it would be great to message uh, support at arca.com or check out our Instagram, arca packaging, same same tag on, on TikTok, but arca.com, the best way to find us. Send us a message. We'd love to help out. Well, Phil, thank you so much. Are you any thank last you. parting words of advice about customizing boxes? Get a sample. Just get a sample. See how it fe- see how it feels, and then do your big run. Just sample first. Everyone needs a rough draft before the final show. And don't use pixelated graphics. Yeah, do not. Please, please have vector art. Vector art uh, is what we need. Your designers, if it's not you, your designers will know exactly what we're talking about. Please submit vector art. Your boxes will be way more beautiful if you do. Thank you. Thank you for bringing that up. That's true. (laughs) Well, to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Marking Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. And until then, if you have any questions about influencer marketing, product placement, celebrity partnerships, please reach out. I'm happy to connect and have a larger conversation. Have a great one. Thank you.